Welcome back, everyone. I'm Tony Brown, and you're listening to Firearms Cafe, the show where we discuss the philosophies of responsible firearms ownership, as well as the relevant issues and challenges that we face in the current gun culture. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Today is Saturday. It's the 18th of June, 2016. Before we jump into the show, and on the show today, I'm going to follow up with some of my suppressor talk. And kind of what I decided to do, did I go the individual route? Did I go the trust route? And I can't remember this been so long. I can't remember if I told you guys which way I went or not. But anyway, we'll talk about that stuff. I'll let you know, again, which suppressors I have chosen, why I've done it, all that type of jazz. We'll also talk a little bit about Orlando, kind of what happened there a little, and then we'll go into some some detail about some things. So before we do that, let's go ahead and get our contact info out of the way. If you'd like to contact me, there's a couple of different ways you can do that. I have the voicemail, which is area code 206-745-2731. 206-745-2731. I also have the email address where if you would like, you can send an email. I'll read it out for you on the show. Or if you want, you can record your own audio file and I'll play that for you. The email address is firearmscafe at gmail.com, all one word, firearmscafe at gmail.com. Over on the website, if you go check that out, I do have a button for Facebook and for Twitter as well as YouTube. There is also a PayPal donation button if you're so inclined. Now, kind of as a quick aside, I used to have a Amazon search box there. And I say used to have, I guess that's the operative phrase, in that when I pulled up the website today, it's gone. And I'm sure what happened is that they probably sent out an email saying you need to change a line of code or you need to do this or you need to get back with us. And I probably just never did it. And so it's gone. And I thought, well, should I go ahead and redo it? But I don't think I will. There's really, it didn't really ever bring in a lot of money over the time that I had it. I think I probably got like 20 maybe $30 at the most. I mean, I probably could have found more in spare change in the parking lot if you know, I went out and looked around when I was out there. But, you know, it kind of is what it is. I did want to say, though, that if any of you guys did use it, thank you for doing that. Like I said, I did get 20 or $30 that I otherwise would not have had, which did help pay for, I guess you could say, some of the bandwidth and some of the um, domain costs of having the you know website, like the domain names and things like that. So... Anyway, thanks again for doing that, and we'll kind of say goodbye to that nonsense for now. All right, so let's talk about what went down in Orlando. And we'll sort of do the short version of it. You had a guy who became radicalized in his religion. I, I hesitate to sort of speculate about his motivations, but for whatever reason... He went and killed people of a certain uh, a certain subculture in our larger American culture, and that is the uh, the gay community. And he targeted those guys specifically. I do not, for a second, believe that it was just a hate crime. I think it was a terrorist act. I think he did it to further uh, political gains and to make certain political statements. Uh, I, like I said before, I also feel that he did it to 
Maybe it gets him a get into heaven free card in his mind. I don't, I don't know. Now, this isn't to say that everybody who is Islamic or everybody who says that they're Muslim is a a bad person. And I struggle sometimes with not painting everybody with a broad brush. And I try to say, well, this guy was an individual and he did an individual act. And he, as an individual, should be held accountable. Unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, depending on your view, he is is not going to be brought in front of a court. We'll, we'll uh, never know his true reasons for doing it because he was dead. And I think I do think that probably was part of his plan as well. Uh, but again, we'll never know. And of course, in the wake of this, we see that there are people that are out to further their political agenda. We see that there are extremists uh, on on the left who are blaming everybody and everything except for the shooter. They're, they're, they assign responsibility to everything but that person. And there are people, again, on the right who uh, do not struggle with some of the things that I struggle and paint everybody from that religion, from that ethnic background with a a broad brush, and uh, I don't know if in some way they sort of stoke the fire as much as the way that people to the extreme left sort of stoke the fires. I don't don't have much respect for people who don't use logic and reason and who don't try and use critical thinking to figure out why. Uh, Like I said, sometimes I struggle with that, but I, I struggle. I at least try and figure things out. And I think most of you guys that listen to this show, I think you do that as well. I think you you try and ask questions. You try and say, is, is what I believe the correct thing? Am I a little bit wrong on this one particular thing? So one of the things that I believe strongly in is that we are all individuals and that we we should be held accountable individually for what we do. And we should be not only punished for those things, but we should be praised and lauded for them when we do the right thing as well. You know, I ha- one thing I haven't heard much, and I'm kind of glad I haven't heard much about it, is people are, instead of saying, oh, if those people were more situationally aware, or oh, if they had just had... A, uh, if people in there had been armed, I've heard a little bit of that, but not as much. Um, I think a lot of us in the in the gun culture, and especially in the concealed carry culture, realize that uh, sometimes there are things that are going to catch you unaware, and that the gun isn't a magic shield. It doesn't make bullets go away from you. But it, what it does is it gives you options. It gives you options that you otherwise you just don't have. And one of the things that I liked that I've seen is a lot of people are talking about, well, okay, if you are in this situation or if you're in a situation where you can't be, I'm going to say it happens that when you're at a school or you're at a sporting event where they've, they've screened people and you can't bring a firearm in. And uh, like that, what happened, I think it was in Kenya where you had two or three guys, they come in and if it's something like that, let's say at a football game or a baseball game and they just shoot their way in. 
even though there's police and stuff there, you know, they can still do a lot of damage. So what do you do if you're in that situation? And a lot of people are trying to get information out there and there's a lot of good trainers out there. You have guys like Pincus, you have guys like, um, Paul with safety solutions Academy, Paul Carlson that are, that are really trying to think about this stuff. You have guys like Daniel Shaw, uh, who's putting out a lot of good information on, well, what can you do if this is that situation? And I think that's, if, if we can take away anything, and I hesitate to use the word positive, but if we can take away anything that maybe let's say gives us more options or give us better chances from, from what we saw and what we, you know, can we learn anything from this? And I think that we can, I think that we can get in there and get those trainings and at least give ourselves a chance if we're in a situation where we, we don't have a, we, we're not armed with a gun. And I guess too, we should also prepare ourselves mentally to think we, uh, I think some of us out there use the gun as a crutch or we think that the gun will solve every problem, but it may not, or it may not be with you. Uh, it may be if you were in a crowded situation and even if you had your gun there and you pulled it out, maybe the press of the crowd knocks the gun away from you and you lose control of it. You know, what do you, what do you do then? Uh, so Again, this is a lot of this stuff is just more kind of food for thought, but one of the things that really it doesn't it doesn't even really shock me anymore or uh, it's not that I don't expect it, but in a, in some way I am still sort of perplexed by people on the left, on the on the far left on their response and on their willingness to engage almost in mass delusion, uh, their willingness to not even try and look at the situation as a whole and to, to lay the blame at the feet of people and of organizations that had nothing to do with it. And the more I thought about it, and I thought about, uh, I recently picked up a, a book of Judge Napolitano's, and on the inside of the jacket, I read something. He had a quote from Machiavelli, and I thought it was pretty, pretty relevant. I mean, it's not a hundred percent dealing with with what happened in Orlando, uh, or or I should say, actually the the some of the responses that certain of those people have. But the quote says that, uh, let me see if I can got it. Okay. Let me read it to you. It says men are so simple and so subject to present necessities that he who seeks to deceive will always find someone who will allow himself to be deceived. And generally that's, that's more talking about that, uh, the people who are in political power can always find people who are caught up with other things and that they will kind of willfully go along with a deception because maybe they're not being uh, affected uh, on a personal level or, or life isn't that bad for them. So they'll sort of put up with an They'll, they'll accept an illusion that they know is an illusion uh, instead of trying to deal with reality. And I think sometimes that that is what a lot of these people on the far left are doing when they're saying, oh, it's the NRA's fault or if it's the, it's, 
It's because, you know, they have their newest phrase seems to be these weapons of war. Um, and it's, again, it's sort of that willingness to be deceived, the, the willingness to parrot what they feel their leaders are telling them. Uh, and it's this unwillingness to really engage in critical thought and this unwillingness to say, well, wait a minute. If, you know, if, if what you say is true, then shouldn't we ban cars? Shouldn't we ban knives? Shouldn't, uh, you know, shouldn't, uh, we basically live in a police state where we have no freedoms and everybody is basically in a cell. They leave, go do what they want. They're monitored the whole time. And then they come back after they've performed whatever tasks they need to for the government. And then they go back in their cell you know, how much of your freedoms do you give up? How much of your liberties do you allow to be eroded away before you realize that you don't have anything, that you're just a pet, you're just kept in a cage, you perform, you're like a donkey or a, uh, oh, what was the, you're like boxer in Animal Farm. You, you want to work harder, you want to please the masters, you, you know, you're happy to get your, you trade your freedom for your sugar cube, so... Uh, anyway, just think about some of that stuff. Think about what would, what would you do if something like that happened to you? Have you talked to your family about it? Have you talked to your friends about it? Have you, have you sat down and actually thought about it? And have you thought about yourself in that situation where pretty much everything you're doing isn't working out so that maybe you've got a plan a but do you have a plan b and a plan c and a plan d one of the things that uh, clint smith of thunder ranch said and it always sort of stuck with me is he said that he would picture scenarios in his mind but in his mind he wouldn't picture himself necessarily being successful he would picture himself well okay if this happens i'll do i'll do action a but if action a fails what do i do next and if action and if what i do to remedy that first failure if that goes south too what do i do next now of course he didn't say it exactly that way but it's something that kind of has always stuck with me and you know the other day we were in a restaurant and i remember just sitting down and I made sure my wife went to sit on the one side and I said, no, she doesn't even question it anymore as far as where I want to sit or why, or, or if I'm sometimes if we're forced in an area where you can't really see anything, you know, I, I will with her say, okay, the exits are, are over here or around the corner. Um, keep your eyes open. You know, if you see anything that looks weird, you know, that type of stuff. And, uh, you know, we, we've talked about that kind of things a lot and she's aware and she's doing her part. So anyway, I, you know, like I said, I don't, I guess I don't have maybe too much to say about that. I, I, I think, unfortunately, this type of tragedy is becoming a little too common. And I think what we're going to see, unfortunately, is that a lot of individuals are, due to their religious beliefs or due to certain political beliefs, are going to do things like this on a more regular basis. And I think when they see that they, from their point of view, that they've had some success, why not repeat it? And if you're, if your end goal isn't necessarily to make it out alive, if your end goal is to cause mayhem and destruction and 
to cause fear. Why not? Uh, so again, think about these things. Think about what you can do. Think about the places that you go. Uh, and, and like I said a little earlier, you know, there are some things where we just, we're not going to be able to anticipate everything, uh, but have a plan and really think about it in your head. Think, talk about these plans with your, with your family, uh, maybe with, if you, with your kids, if they're old enough. Um, so anyhow, let's move on to something a little bit more pleasant to talk about. And that is my journey into the land of the NFA, which is the things that I want to buy. It's ridiculous that they are NFA items, but they are, and it's something we have to deal with. And those, of course, would be the suppressors slash silencers, whatever you want to call them. So, excuse me, take a quick drink here. All right, now I'm back. So the suppressors that I decided to get, the first one is Silencer Co's Sparrow, and that's a, a dedicated 22 long rifle suppressor. And I'll be able to use that on any 22 uh, pistol that I have that has a threaded barrel. And then I've also decided to get, and I think I got this recommendation from Daniel in his email that he sent. I've decided to get the Optimus, which I believe is made by Griffin Armament. And those will cover pretty much everything. Now you can shoot 22 out of that as well. Uh, as you know, nine millimeter up to, I think five, five, six. Um, I don't think you can, it's not, I don't think it's 30 caliber rated. Eventually, I don't know if I will get another suppressor that is dedicated 30 cal. If I do, you know, I I don't know. That way I could have, if, if we all go to the range, I could have something that could live on the 22. I could have something that could live on a nine millimeter. And if I went with a 30 cal, I could have something that could live on um, the AKs that I want to get in some of those, uh, those caliber firearms. So anyway, those are the ones that I've decided to go with. For me, it's going to be a good investment. They don't really necessarily wear out. Uh, it's kind of like firearms. You take care of them and they'll, they'll last you a lifetime. I did decide to go with an actual firearms trust and I contacted a local attorney here. In fact, one of uh, uh, the listeners and a guy I'm friends with on Facebook, a uh, guy I just give his first name, Jim, had recommended him a while back. I, of course, now I kind of wish I had done it sooner, but you know, it was one of those things where I hadn't really decided to take the plunge and go on the suppressor route up until you know just relatively recently. So anyway, I. Uh, I went with the, a local attorney here. I've talked to him about maybe coming on the show and doing an interview with me, and uh, he and I will go ahead and set up a time, and we'll get that out maybe the next couple of weeks or so. I don't know. Um, it's just we're going to have to figure out he and I our schedule together. And once we get that going, I'll have him on. The reasons I went with an actual attorney as opposed to going to let's say Silencer Co. and buying their thing, buying their uh, 
paperwork for the gun trust is I wanted something that was specific to my state. I wanted somebody who was used to doing these and knew what they were doing. I wanted something to where I would have all my bases covered legally. Now this is, it's, it's a lot more expensive to do it this way. Uh, but again, the, the items that I'm going to have in there are expensive as well. And so I wanted to make sure that I wasn't cutting any corners with it. I wanted to make sure that I actually had a, an individual that I could meet with and talk with, or that uh, I also have st he has staff members that are familiar with stuff that I can email or talk with on the phone. So to me, it was worth the price that I paid. Depending on what attorney you go to, you may have somebody who charges you more, charges you less. It, it, it just depends. But I know that for my state, I am legal and I'm so I'm legal state law wide and I'm also legal on the federal level because my guy knows knows what he's doing. Oh, before I forget, and I, well, I guess that's kind of about it with the trust and everything. So and I'll we'll go into more detail on how they work and certain questions and all that type of stuff. But well, I'll do that when uh, when my attorney that I use go ahead when I get him on the show, which hopefully will be within a couple of weeks here. Before I forget, remember how I told you guys I had that VP9 and I was kind of lamenting the fact that they didn't have any type of uh, a 22 conversion for that yet. Well, I was over on hkparts.net and if you do have an HK, that's probably one of the, one of the sites that you're going to go to. Uh, a lot because a lot of times you just, you can't find magazines. Well, you can find them, but it seems like everything is sort of all in one place for you. But anyway, I was over there and I was looking around. I was going to look at some of the prices that maybe picking up a couple of extra magazines for the VP nine. And I noticed that they have, they don't have a product image of it yet, but they do have a VP nine 22 caliber conversion kit. And it's going to be around eh, probably $300 is what they've got it uh, listed for on their site. So I'm excited for that. It's probably something that if I look at it and it doesn't seem like it's, you know, um, a piece of crap or anything, I will probably go ahead and pick that up because that would be nice. Uh, and I'm sure it will come with a threaded barrel. That would be another thing if it doesn't come with a threaded barrel. Uh, it would sure be nice if it did, but if it doesn't, at that point, then I may, I may kind of think twice about getting it. I don't know. That was one thing I wanted to talk about with that. I, so I was real excited that that was that was coming out. Now we're getting ready to draw the show to a close, so probably we've got about another maybe five or ten minutes. But I I tend to always say that, and then I ramble on for another fifteen or twenty. But remember the last show and the show before that maybe even the show before that I've kind of harped on if you want to get something go ahead and get it now if you want to get a certain firearm certain rifle certain handgun if you think now is a good time to stock up on certain magazines if you think now is a good time to stock up on ammunition. If you think now is a good time, if you're a reloader to stock up on certain components. And if you're sort of in all those camps, you're going to have to, if you think like all that stuff is good ideas, you're going to have to sort of prioritize that stuff. You're going to have to say, okay, well, what do I, what do I want if there's going to be another drought? Now I think there's going to be another drought. 
And I would say, if you're going to do this stuff, do it. Don't do it on November, in November. Don't do it in October. Do it now. You know, try and maybe get this stuff done. If you can get this stuff purchased before the end of August. Uh, because I think as it becomes clearer and clearer that the race is going to be between Hillary and it's going to be between Donald. I don't think Donald is going to win. And, and some people have been, been talking about Gary Johnson. And look, I'm, I'm libertarian. I don't love the party. I don't, you know, I, I tend to think parties tend to breed power struggles and breed division within those parties. Uh, because it's a rare bird indeed that can have a lot of disagreements with a lot of different people and, and you, you, and you don't become dismissive of them and you don't start to see them in an adversarial light. But anyway, I don't think there is any chance at all that Johnson can win. It's funny. I've heard rhetoric from both sides that say, oh, Johnson is going to siphon votes from Trump and that's going to cause Hillary to win. And I've heard other people say Johnson is going to siphon votes from Hillary and that's going to cause Trump to win. And that's what we don't want to have happen. I, excuse me, I think that he is running a sort of a long race. And, And by that, what I mean is I think that what he is doing is he, now he won't admit it, but I know he knows that he doesn't have a chance to win. He's, he's barely in any debates. And I think that's what he is really running for. He's running to be able to get himself up on those debate stages and basically to be able to get, if not him, at least the party, maybe uh, in the next couple election cycles to where they're actually, you you maybe have a three-party choice. And some people say, well, that's really not better than a two-party that much, but it is better. And if people actually feel that they have a choice, we might actually be able to get some change. Maybe we're able to get some more libertarian minded, which are generally uh, not not all the time, but generally are very pro gun people. If you look at who Johnson chose as his running mate, he chose him solely based on the fact that he can get into polls and that will help him get into debates. Weld is not a strong libertarian party member. He's just recently joined the party. He was a former Republican, much like Gary Johnson. Uh, I, I think Gary Johnson has much more credibility than a guy like Weld, but I think there are other people in the party who probably have more, are more closely attuned, aligned and attuned with the core, the core values of a libertarian philosophy, which is basically centered on non-aggression principle. You don't believe in using force to accomplish your, your, uh, as a means to an end. Uh, and I don't know that he's necessarily, mm, if, if he's all that strongly versed in that. Uh, there are a lot of things about him that I like, and like I said, but uh, there's a lot of things with him that I, or maybe not a lot, but there are at least some things with him that I do disagree with. So anyway, this is all getting back to how do I think the election this year in November of 2016, how do I think it's going to turn out? As I've said before, both Clinton and Trump are very polarizing figures. They both endear fanaticism uh, with their followers, with people that support them, and they both generate massive amounts of hatred. 
And I think what it's going to come down to is people are going to say, who do I hate less? And what I, what I mean by that is not necessarily, obviously, Republicans, even if they don't like Trump, they like Hillary a heck of a lot less, and they're not going to vote for her. Same thing. Democrats who don't like Hillary aren't going to vote suddenly for Trump. But you have a lot of those people that are what they call, I, I guess, you know, they're, they're calling them now independents or, and those are the people who it's, it's who, when they vote, those are the ones that where they're going to say, well, who do I, who do I hate less? Who do I hate less? Do I hate Hillary less? Do I hate Trump less? You, you have people whose philosophy is, well, we can't have Trump get in because he'll, he'll have all these hair-brained ideas and he'll do all this crazy stuff. Well, the reality is that Congress will kind of rein him in somewhat because he's not deeply entrenched. You have other people that say, well, it would sort of be the same with Hillary. If she gets in, she's going to do all this stuff. She's going to come after our guns. She's going to do this. She's going to do that. I actually think there's probably going to be less of a chance of her getting reined in as much as somebody like Trump would be, which... I never thought I'd say this, but I would actually hope that Trump would win. But I, I just don't see in him doing it. I think when push comes to shove, I, I think people think Trump is sort of a, a buffoon and a clown. He'll get a lot of votes. I don't think he'll get what he needs to win. It's a sad state of affairs when these are basically our two choices. I think that in at the end of the day, most people will say, well, Hillary is a politician and that's what we need. We need a politician in there, even though a lot of people say, oh, we're sick to death of politicians and we're sick to death of, you know, the status quo. But reality is the status quo is the status quo for a reason. One of the things that I and I've, I've you know, talked with my wife about this a little bit is that. If it is Hillary, which I think it will be, who are we going to get in the Supreme Court? I could see somebody like uh, Ginsburg stepping down. Um, you know, will the Republicans really do anything to stop that? And then the answer is no. They're not going to be able to stop liberal anti-gun judges from being in there. And once that happens, we're going to have major uphill battles in the Supreme Court. The only good thing is, is at least we've we've got we've gotten some case law in there and I, I know some people say oh well they're just waiting for you know uh, any second to go back and reverse that but mm, i don't i don't know we'll have to kind of see on that stuff i mean i hope i hope that i am wrong i really do i hope that uh, it's a landslide victory i guess for trump i'd much rather have him in there than than uh, clinton both are are what i consider to be the lowest rung on the ladder in human development. So anyway, let's get back to my my constant bleeding of buy the stuff that you want now. You want that AR, buy it now. You want that AK, buy it now. You want that those extra five magazines to round off your 15 up to 20, buy it now. You want those extra spare parts for your gun or for your magazines. You want some extra springs, things like that, extra floor plates, buy it now because I guarantee you what's going to happen is if Clinton wins, things are going to start, <clears throat> excuse me, things are going to start disappearing 
almost immediately. It will be a thing of online. You will see stocks of ammunition and everything. It'll just say out of stock, out of stock. Everything will be notify me. Uh, and it will be once the tide starts to turn. And actually, I think on election night, is you'll also start to see stuff, just supplies just dwindling down. So again, if you want it, get it now. Right now, you can pretty much get anything that you want. So buy it now. Oh, you know, I do have one other thing to say about the trust. As most of you guys know, the way that the trust and things are going to work are going to change come July 13th. And you're going to have to notify the chief law enforcement officer. And you're also going to have to get fingerprinted and a photograph taken for for the, the person who creates the trust and also for any of the trustees that are on there. If, however, you get your trust done prior to the 13th, and if you can get whatever, from my understanding, from my attorney's interpretation, that even if you don't have your suppressor or your short-barreled rifle or your short-barreled shotgun, even if you don't have possession of those things, as long as you have filled out your forms and put your, your stuff forward or submitted your stuff to get your tax stamps, you should be grandfathered in in that you don't have to get fingerprinted and you don't have to have a photograph and you don't have to, I don't think you have to notify or anything like that. I, I don't, I can't remember. There's so many, there's so many different things that are popping through my little, little head right now. But anyway, but let's say that, you know, you don't, or, or it just happens to where you can't afford to get it done until after the 13th. I don't really think it's, look, it's not the greatest thing, but it's not the worst thing ever. Uh, most of us, if we have concealed carry permits, we've already been fingerprinted. All of us have our picture on file with driver's license. And I know it's a different thing. I know that it, uh, it can be seen almost as a de facto registry for those items. Um, but it is a way where you can have those things and have them legally and uh, it doesn't mean that you have to put every, all your guns in those trusts. You know, you can only put those NFA items in there if you want. But let's say that if you did get your trust in after the 13th or you, you uh, it's, it's August 1st or something when you actually are able to, to get your trust done and get around to it. Once you get your fingerprints done and your photograph and everybody in the trust has that stuff, let's say you order a suppressor. And then that comes in and you get it. And then six months later after you get that, you're like, oh, you know what? I want, I'm going to make a short barrel rifle. I've got this, uh, uh, an AR pistol and I'm just going to go ahead and turn that into a, a short barrel rifle. So you put your, you submit your paperwork to the ATF. I think at this point, and, and this is, we're not a hundred percent on it, but I think at this point you would not have to get photographs and fingerprint for every single time that you do it. I think that you fill out a form and you say, as long as I'm within this two, two year window or something like that, of nobody's changed on the trust. Nobody's new has come in or out of it. We're still the same people. Our fingerprints are still on file. And here's just this paperwork attesting to that. So we'll have to see how that stuff rolls out. It's also a thing of come November, we'll have to see how some of this stuff rolls out. If it's Clinton in the, in the White House, will she do executive orders? Will she direct the ATF to reevaluate how they look at certain things? I, I don't know. You know, we, I've, I've talked about on the unpresidential elections before 
about how if you live in Montana or if you live in uh, a traditionally, what we'll say, a red state, so something maybe like uh, Oklahoma or Arizona, that those states are probably going to go to Trump in the election. If you live someplace like California, if you live someplace like New York, New Jersey, those states are almost certainly guaranteed to go to Hillary Clinton. Now, they may they may be close, they may be not. It may be a landslide. But the question kind of comes, and, and you have to think, well, then, if you are a Republican or a conservative or whatever that lives, that, that's, if you're something other than a Democrat that lives in California, is your vote going to be heard? If you are a Democrat or somebody other than a Republican and you live in Oklahoma or Arizona, is your vote going to be heard? Uh, now the, and, and that's, you know, we, we can talk about the delegates and superdelegates and all this other kind of stuff till we're blue in the face, but, you know, I, I don't want to go too far down in that. So again, I'm, I uh, I'm probably have bored you guys to tears with this stuff. So like I said, hopefully the next show I will be able to get in touch with my attorney and he and I can kind of go over some of the trust things and, and some of the things that we think are important for you to do or, or some of the ins and outs of it. And uh, if you lo- if you live in Arizona, uh, contact me through the email at firearmscafe.com and I can uh, give you his name and number and contact information and you can get a hold of him if that's something that you think that you would like uh, like to do. All right, I think... We're going to draw the show to a close, so I will give a few recommendations of who I think you uh, should be listening to podcast-wise. Uh, of course, there's Ken and Brian over at Modern Rifleman Radio. There's all our Canuck friends uh, with Slamfire Radio and New Shooter Canada. Um, there are just tons and tons of the other ones. Uh, and I'm, I, I'm kind of tired. It's a little bit later at night tonight. <laughs> So my brain isn't working so well, but let me, let me throw in some other stuff as far as some books that I think maybe if you're a little bit more libertarian minded, that maybe, uh, you can either pick up through Amazon or at the Kindle store or something like that. Uh, one of the books that I, and in fact, I recently got this at the thrift store. I think I mentioned this earlier, uh, which was the book. Let me move this thing out of the way here. There we go. Uh, by Judge Andrew Napolitano called Lies the Government Told You. He also has several, he's the author of several other books. Uh, I would recommend reading anything by him. If you want to get a good sort of first kind of primer, you're, or a first good introduction, uh, introduction, good heavens, into economics, uh, there is the book by Hazlitt called, I think it's called, uh, economics and one easy lesson or something like that. But anyway, his name is Henry Hazlitt. Uh, check him out. I have recently picked up some books through, uh, through the e-reader, uh, through the Amazon store, through Kindle, some of the works of Lysander Spooner. And I've just started reading those and I've, I've seen lots of quotes and stuff by him, but holy cow, this guy, he knew where he knew where it was at. Um, a lot of the stuff, uh, again, much like even when we go back into Roman times, these guys understood their 
fellow man's thirst for power and their fellow man's desire to rule and to want to be in charge of everybody. They understand that that power itself is a powerful and addictive drug and that once you start to wield it, it becomes paramount to you not to lose that ability to wield power and to have influence. Because once you have power and influence, wealth will come to you. It's just a matter of time. Uh, and, it's, and it's not necessarily if you have wealth, the reverse is true. If you have a, a lot of wealth, you don't necessarily have a lot of power unless you're really using, willing to spend that wealth. And some people aren't uh, willing to, to spend that wealth to get power. Uh, who else? Who else would be a good read? Um, there's uh, Bastiat's The Law, which is good. There are a lot of good uh, libertarian authors that are out there. Uh, Tom Woods is really good. Anything, of course, by Ron Paul, I'd recommend that you read. And even if you disagreed with a lot of this stuff or, or you don't buy into everything, I think it gives you a window or, and a way of looking at things. I, I think a lot of these guys are, are good critical thinkers. I don't agree with necessarily every single thing that they say, of course, but it's, it's, a, good, it's a good starting point. But I'm, like I said, I'm really, I'm really digging on old Lysander Spooner. That guy is, is uh, right up my alley. And what I'm actually started off reading right now is a book called Vices Are Not Crimes. And he talks about how uh, kind of the Cliff Notes version of it so far is that uh, a vice is something that you do that may or may not harm you, but it doesn't harm anybody else. And its intent is not to harm anybody else. But a crime is something where the intent from the start is to hurt somebody, is to deprive somebody of life, liberty, or property. Uh, so anyway, all right, that will do it. Hope to hear from you guys soon, and I will talk to you next time. <laughs>